And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network, South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. I'm grateful that you decided to spend this hour joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. Um, and I'm actually going to be flying solo, um, you know, from, you know, at, from this point on moving forward uh, until I find another wonderful co-host, uh, Miss Trish Lujan. Um, you know, she had, had to part ways uh, with us. Uh, her and her family are, are moving and we wish her the very best. Uh, and of course, you know, she knows that we um, are continuing to pray for her and her beautiful family, and hopefully she's praying for us. And on this program, you know, we try bringing you a variety of informative discussions, highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. Today, we've got the distinct pleasure of speaking with Deacon Dr. David Delaney. Uh, he's chairman and president of Mother of the Americas Institute. He's also uh, an active deacon there at Our Lady of the Atonement Catholic Church. Um, and it's going to be awesome to talk with him. Uh, if you know Deacon Delaney, if you know anyone who has uh, been a student of his, uh, he is a very high intelligence, and we're hoping to, that he would impart some of that on us all uh, today. Um, you know, he is with, of course, Mother of the Americans Institute, a Catholic think tank assisting the Universal Church in the U.S. in the new evangelization. And yes, one of the first questions I will ask Deacon Delaney is, what in the world is a think tank. So uh, we will be sure to, to get answers uh, to that and to a whole bunch more. Uh, but before we get to that conversation, let's go ahead and get today's program started the way that we should do all things, and that is in prayer. So wherever you might be, ask that the Lord would make his will known to you and pray for the grace to accomplish his will in loving obedience. So please join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, May everything we do begin with your inspiration. Continue with your help and reach perfection under your guidance. With your loving care, lead all of us in our daily actions. Help us to persevere in love and sincerity. Bless us with an abundance of courage in proclaiming your holy name in the teachings of your church. Grant us the grace to do your will in loving obedience. Heavenly Father, keep us under your constant protection and draw us our families, and all our loved ones ever closer to you. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Joseph, head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Mary, mother of our Savior, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, if you can't tell, uh, I've got, you know, a little little stuff going on, uh, you know, with, with my sinuses and my voice. So please bear with me. I don't know what it is, but I guess the, the pollen outside just decided to descend upon me, uh, you know, beginning last Friday and it hasn't left me quite yet. <laughs> so I will be, uh, you know, making my way through the, you know, through the discussion today and hopefully God willing, I will get through it without any type of, uh, you know, coughing attacks or anything like that. But 
Uh, if something should happen, I'm sure Deacon Delaney can handle it all on his own. So, uh, but a couple things I'd like to to get uh, through today. Uh, last week, you know, I had the you know I had the pleasure of visiting with the Salesian Sisters. They're at their provincial house. So, the provincial house uh, for the Western Province is located, uh, you know, on the city's west side. Uh, and man, what a beautiful time it was. What a great time of blessing it was for me. Um, you know, Sister Bernadette, uh, Sister uh, Rosanne, um, you know, they were there. They were so welcoming. They allowed me to to have lunch, uh, you know, with the sisters out there and got a chance to, to visit with the, um, you know, with the sisters there, the Salesian sisters, who, in fact, we are going to be recognizing as this year's uh, 2023 Fishers of Men honorees uh, for their outstanding work, um, you know, with the youth and living out their their charism and living out the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, drawing you know uh, men, women, uh, you know to to Christ, uh, you know through their work uh, in, in their religious life. Uh, but yeah, it was a wonderful time to to get a chance to to visit with them, you know, see what they you know what they do out there. Uh, and just a wonderful time. So if you haven't registered yet, and the registrations are coming in, uh, so I would encourage you, you know, don't be left out as a lot of you, uh, were last year at last year's event. Um, you know, registration for the 2023 Fishers of Men event is going on right now. Uh, you can go to the website, grnonline.com. Scroll down a little bit and, uh, you know, click on local events. You'll see South and Central Texas Fishers of Men. Um, all the information to register is there. Uh, corporate table sponsorships are available. Um, you can sponsor a priest, religious or seminarian, uh, or individual, uh, dinner, uh, you know, reservations are, are available too. So all that can be found right there on the website. Go to grnonline.com, uh, scroll down and click on local events. It's going to be a wonderful time. Again, recognizing the, uh, you know, Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco is this year's, uh, Fishers of Men honorees and did I mention Monsignor Charles Pope, a uh, longtime Catholic media contributor? Uh, he has done, you know, articles and blogs. Uh, he's been a contributor for, uh, EWTN, for, uh, National Catholic Register, for Our Sunday Visitor, and he's done a slew of, uh, retreats for, for his brother priest, uh, but he's going to come in as our keynote speaker, uh, and he is sure to inspire. Uh, so again, folks, you don't want to miss out on this. Uh, this event's going to take place on April 13th at Holy Trinity uh, Banquet Hall. Uh, so again, that's the Banquet Hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. Uh, the event is from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Doors will open at 6 p.m. for a social hour, if you will. Uh, but it's going to be a great time to get, you know, uh, surround yourself with like-minded folk, with faith-filled Catholics. It's going to be a time of, of fun and joy, uh, sharing a beautiful, uh, you know, a wonderful, delicious dinner. Uh, and really, again, just... Um, you know, coming together, celebrating, you know, this wonderful Catholic radio apostolate, uh, that we have available to us, uh, in South and Central Texas. Uh, and of course, recognizing, uh, and spending some special time with, with our special guests. So again, that's grnonline.com. Scroll down and click on, uh, you know, local events. Oh, did you hear the 2023 spring share is also kicking off next Tuesday. I can't even believe I'm saying this. Um, you know, here we are one week away from the first uh, pledge drive of the year. Uh, again, this pledge drive is something that we do quarterly to help keep our radio airwaves Catholic. And we are celebrating um, 
the the theme for this charathon is celebrating the 100th birthday of Mother Angelica. Um, if you don't know who Mother Angelica is, all right. Um, I will just tell you that she was the foundress of EWTN, the largest religious, all right, media company in the world. Uh, you know, she did all this, you know, through, you know, again, a lot of grit, a lot of faith, and uh, of course, a, a lot of obedience, you know, to, to the holy will of God um, in in making this happen in 1981. And with just $200 uh, to, you know, in, in her pocket, she was able to uh, go out and build this, what would be, you know, the, the largest uh, religious media organization in the world. So uh, thanks be to God that we have, uh, you know, we have we had her and I'm sure she's, you know, we, we continue to pray for the repose of uh, her soul. And one day we can officially call her saint, I'm sure. And uh, I'm sure she's praying for, for all of us here too. Um, but let me go ahead and, you know, get caught up on, on some other things that are going on. So we've got many opportunities to continue to deepen our uh, spiritual our, our spiritual walk, especially during the season of Lent. Um, if you're kind of you know wondering, wow, what have I even done? Here we are in the third week of uh, of Lent. Easter is just four Sundays away, um, and you're thinking to yourself, man. I have I still haven't done anything. Well, look, there's plenty to do. All right, there are you know opportunities to to go out and pray on the sidewalk in front of Planned Parenthood. Uh, you know, with the San Antonio Coalition for Life as part of their Forty Days for Life campaign. Uh, the Forty Days for Life campaign ends actually uh, April second. You can sign up to pray. Uh, you know, on the sidewalk in front of Planned Parenthood there on Babcock Road. This week actually is going to be um, Knights of Columbus week. So. If if you want to, you know, maybe with your brother Knights or you want to go out and pray with the Knights, uh, this entire week is going to be Knights of Columbus week. You can go to www.40daysforlife.com slash San Antonio to, you know, to reserve your, your spot or to schedule uh, a spot for that. Again, uh, what a wonderful way to, to witness to, you know, for, for the, you know, be a witness for the unborn, uh, to, to do something that maybe is, uh, maybe a little sacrificial for you. Maybe, you know, you're, you're working. Maybe you need to take a little time away from work. Maybe you need to, uh, you know, take away, uh, you know, a, a lunch break or a little bit of your lunch break to go pray for, you know, for these unborn babies that still need our, our prayers and they still need those prayer warriors out there. Maybe that's something that you can do. Uh, and there's plenty of opportunities for, you know, these retreats. Um, one, one that comes to mind, the marriage retreats taking place, um, you know, at Holy Spirit Catholic Church. Uh, so this is going to be the first of many Love Strong marriage retreats. Uh, this one's going to be taking place Friday, March 24th through Sunday, March 26th. Again, that's Holy Spirit Catholic Church, uh, you know, putting on and hosting the uh, Love Strong marriage retreat. You can visit uh, their website at Holy Spirit sa.org for more information, or you can contact Dana and Scott Villarreal uh, by calling 210-883-5778. Uh, what a wonderful way that you and your spouse uh, can actually, you know, kind of journey through this Lent together. Uh, tonight, 
Deacon Evan Wittig, uh, their Holy Spirit Catholic Church also is going to be doing a, um, you know, a reading of his new book, Metanoia. Uh, that's going to take place this evening at 7 p.m. in the Saint Rita Room. Um, I, and, you know, he's asking that you come out, you know, take a read with him, uh, you know, through this book, uh, and discover the story behind the story. Uh, and basically, you know, this is about, you know, somebody in prison, um, and, you know, and that call to conversion. Uh, if you did know what the word metanoia is it is a greek word it's uh it's it's a conversion it's a deep and profound transformation of the interior uh so again i think that would probably be something that you would enjoy doing i'm sure deacon uh you know would uh, would love to see you out there and discuss this uh you know with him and hear about it again this is a live reading of his book metanoia taking place this evening at holy spirit catholic church and the saint Rita room uh this evening at 7 p.m uh, and this is one that I, I'm actually looking very much forward to. Uh, and this is Father, uh, Krikor Shaheen. He is the Archdiocesan Judicial Vicar. He is going to be doing an English and Spanish, um, you know, Lenten mission at St. Helena Catholic Church. So Tuesday and Thursday will be English from seven to nine. Uh, and it looks like Wednesday is going to be, uh, in, in Spanish, uh, taking place again from, from seven to nine. Um, and again, if, if you've, you know, if you've heard him preach, if you've seen some of his videos that he's had, uh, and some of his reflections, uh, he is very, uh, you know, he, he is, very theological. I mean, there is something that you're definitely going to take, uh, you know, from these talks. So check him out at St. Helena Catholic Church, uh, th- you know, tomorrow. Uh, and Thursday in, in English. Uh, also, wow. And when I saw this on Facebook, I thought to myself, man, this is going to be, you know, awesome. So Our Lady of Guadalupe Catholic Church in Halotus, um, you know, one of their parishioners, Scott Butler is organizing a rosary rally next Saturday. So March, well, I guess it's this coming Saturday. So March 18th, um, nearest the feast day of St. Joseph spouse of the beloved Virgin Mary. Uh, he is organizing this rally, uh, but I'll talk more about it here in just a second. That music means we're going to take our first break, so don't change the station. We will be right back. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. As moms and dads, we're pulled in many directions. Our world is frantic and sometimes chaotic. We parents need to take a pause. Take some time away to become more intentional in our Catholic family life. We suggest a tool that we call the Family Board Meeting. This meeting's a time for you and your spouse to affirm each other in your giftedness, cast a vision framing what you want your family to look like, and then set concrete goals to make that vision a reality. More than ever, our world needs dynamic Catholic families. That only happens when parents are intentional about building a Catholic family culture within their home. Take time to build a culture that is stronger and more influential on your children than the culture of the world that surrounds them. To help you run this board meeting, we've created a tool for you. A download at our website, MessyFamilyProject.org. Get the worksheet and then work with your spouse to be more intentional in your family life. Hi folks, this is Sean, your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network here in South and Central Texas. And I'm inviting the ladies and the men out there tuning in right now to register and reserve your table or seat 
for this year's Fishes of Men Benefit Dinner taking place on Thursday, April 13th at the Banquet Hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. Monsignor Charles Pope, pastor at Holy Comforter St. Cyprian Catholic Church in Washington, D.C. and longtime Catholic media contributor will be our keynote speaker and is sure to inspire. The Daughters of Mary, Help of Christians, also known affectionately as the Salesian Sisters, will be recognized as this year's Fishers of Men honorees for their shining example in living out the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Join us for a faith-filled evening celebrating Catholic Radio in South and Central Texas and our special guests. Go to grnonline.com and click on local events to register. And welcome back, folks, to your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard, and I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon and your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, Before we went to break, I was talking about uh, an event that Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, in Halotas uh, was going to be putting on a rosary rally uh, March 18th. Uh, This is going to be taking place at 9.45 a.m., so that's 9.45 in the morning, uh, next to the OLG Hello to Sign on Highway 16, uh, basically Bandera Road. Uh, the approximate address is 13651 Bandera Road. Uh, bottled water uh, will be, uh, would be, are go- is going to be available. Uh, there's going to be banners and handouts available, too. So this is a rosary rally uh, taking place on the eve of uh, the, you know, the Feast of St. Joseph uh, there on March 18th. Uh, and lastly, before we start our conversation with uh, Deacon Dr. David Delaney, also want to talk about uh, Padre Martin Scott. So Father Martin, uh, he is the founder of the Siervos de, de la uh, Divina Misericordia uh, in Chosica, Peru, but he has been known. Uh, he's actually a a favorite, you know, one of um, you know our our listener favorites uh, uh, around here. Uh, he is going to be putting on a, a couple, you know, actually four different uh, mission, um, you know, talks available. The first one, I guess, I'm, I'm looking at. Wow, already Wednesday, March fifteenth at St. Matthew Catholic Church in the Parish Hall. Um, this is going to be, you know, part of the charismatic prayer group from 7 p.m. Uh, should take place from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's going to include prayer uh, and worship and inspirational reflection by Padre Martin. Um, and that is, again, St. Matt's over there on Wurzbach. On Thursday, the 16th, he's going to be out at St. Mary's Catholic Church. Uh, and this is going to be uh, downtown San Antonio. Uh, and Saturday, March 18th at Our Lady of the Atonement, uh, he is going to offer Mass at 1 p.m., benediction and a healing service. So, uh, And then also on Sunday, March 19th, uh, now the March 19th is going to be in Spanish at St. Mary Magdalene Catholic Church. So uh, if you want to be inspired, you want to, uh, you know, to hear Padre Martina, you know, give his presentation and talk, uh, you have uh, many opportunities to, to check him out. You can go to Divine Mercy Corp. 
www.ethanpatrick.org uh, and click on the events uh, to see all the places that he's going to be. Uh, and again, I'm sure uh, any any one of those events is going to be a joy to be at. So without delay, I want to go ahead and welcome to the program, uh, Dr. You know, Deacon Dr. David Delaney. Um, you know, he, he again, as I mentioned in the opening, uh, is the director and president of Mother of the Americas Institute. Uh, and he's going to be talking to us uh, really about uh, what you know his institute is all about because uh, again if it weren't just maybe a, a few weeks back uh, this was my first introduction to it and I thought wow you know I think it, it would do some good if our listeners was you know uh, if you were introduced uh, to it uh, and see the the great things that they do and you know what what service they are to the church so without again uh, further delay let's welcome Dr. Delaney how are you doing today Deacon? I'm doing fantastically Sean thank you so much for having me. You know it is such a pleasure to finally uh, you know have you on here. I want to first uh, see if you would, uh, could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about your own faith journey. Um, you know, how long have you, you know, been serving in ministry? Uh, and let's let, maybe start there. Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, I've been, um, without uh, going back uh, to um, Adam and Eve, I, <laughs> I, I was I'm born into a, a Catholic family, like many of us, didn't have much, I, I mean, I practiced my faith by going to Mass uh, physically, perhaps not uh, anything more than that, from, for probably first 30 years of my life. Had what I call a um, holy two-by-four experience, waking sure. up to the faith. And after that, uh, went from, right, from engineering career, um, transitioned over a number of years into Theology. I was teaching theology um, at uh, a number of uh, institutions, most recently here in the Archdiocese of San Antonio, uh, taught at the Mexican-American Catholic College as part of uh, forming seminarians and uh, deacon, um, deacon candidates for the permanent mm-hmm. diaconate. At uh, the same time, I ended up uh, um, probably, uh, I don't know, about 10 years ago now or so, um, began the uh, the apostolate work, uh, which was very uh, uh, you know grew out pretty much of you know the the convictions that um, you know that uh, transpired in the uh, the formation of people for uh, for ministry, seeing how really we need to start revisioning the way that we look at things, and we can talk about that I suppose as we yeah. go along. Uh, so I've been. Uh, my uh, doctorate is in systematic theology. Uh, my emphasis is on the the human person and many different kinds of influences. But I'd say, for the most part, uh, um, the greatest influence of the way that I um, look at the human person is Saint John Paul II's uh, uh, theological anthropology. You know, his understanding of uh, theological understanding of the uh, of the human person. As far as ministry, I, I've been for the last 30 years, uh, shortly after, I suppose, my um, holy two-by-four experience, started to get involved in parish ministry as a, in lay ministry, primarily in adult education, catechesis, uh, um, and have been doing that uh, for the most part. I resisted, I suppose, for a number of years, the idea of, um, of uh, ordained ministry. Um, I most people, you have the experience. If you take your faith seriously, everybody thinks, "Well, if you're, you know, if you're married and you're a man that takes his faith seriously, you should be a deacon." Um, so it took me some time to realize, well, you know, sometimes that might be true. And 
really starting to discern it. And so I've been ordained in, not in the Archdiocese, by the way, but in the uh, personal ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter. Uh, I've been ordained for about three years now. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, Deacon, when I hear you give talks, when I hear you give your, your homilies, and, you know, I, I've met deacons, other deacons who have gone through your, uh, through your you know, courses and classes, uh, you know, there uh, at, at Mock also, and everyone just speaks so highly about, you know, the depth of knowledge that you have. Um, and uh, again, I, I got to ask you, so when you had your two by four moment, right, is it something where you just kind of dove right in and you just kind of filled yourself up with all things theology or how did that transformation come about where you had this distinct love for the faith? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, in my personal experience, it, it began with really opening my eyes to recognize that I, I really wasn't the, uh, the person that I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, most, uh, most times we, and I would say Satan is very effective at letting us look at everybody else besides ourselves. But I thought, you know, my, my uh, I suppose, uh, point of reference was uh, maybe like Adolf Hitler or something. I'm not that bad, so I must be a good guy. <laughs> Um, I came to recognize that I wasn't the person that I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend at the time who was uh, coming into the Catholic Church. And I'm embarrassed to say, I said, well, you know, you know, kind of why would you want to do that? You know, we, we have a bunch of rules and stuff. You know, why would – anyway, he said enough that convinced me that I needed to learn more about what the faith was about. And so I went with him to an RCIA program. It wasn't the greatest, I will say, but it was enough to get me to the point that I was like, when I was growing up, um, maybe a little bit older than most, but uh, the, you know, the pedagogy, the way that you, you know, in classes in school, uh, you would get called on and, you know, you would have to stand up to answer your question and uh, the question that was asked of you. And if you didn't know it, your face would turn beet red, right? And you, because you were just sure everybody else had the answer to the question except for you. Um, and, And that's kind of the way I felt. You know, my, you know, where did I, how did I miss all of this? Where did it, uh, where did all of this uh, go that I'd never realized, you know, just some of the fundamentals of what the church taught. Um, But I came to recognize that I wasn't alone very quickly, that maybe I was worse than the average bear, but I was not alone. And so I I discerned um, this need to help others who were in my situation, which was a lot of us. Um, to uh, to come out of it and to avoid it. And so that's kind of where I uh, started my way into uh, learning about the faith. I got my hands on uh, a book um, uh, called Catholicism and Fundamentalism, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know exactly, I can't recall exactly how I um, did, but in the back of it, it had the suggestions for building a library. And that was probably the, uh, the mistake. Um, and so from that, I started building the library and and it went from there. From that, I discerned, you know, that really I was in the Air Force for 20 years. Yeah. And really the, you know, one of the things that we were studying, on the, I was studying at the time in continuing education was, you know, force multipliers. How do you do, you know, maximize the, you know, the effort that you have. And it came to me that really helping in, you know, formation of those in ministry was the, uh, was the way that you could, because, that's not an excuse, but I think that was in part the problem. The, those ministry had weren't at that time being as well formed in terms of being able to bring the faith uh, alive to uh, you know to uh, the average layperson, the average parishioner. So um, 
I suppose, in a rather large nutshell, maybe a coconut nutshell. <laughs> that's, I suppose, uh, what I would say to how I came to yeah. really having this, you know, insatiable desire to learn more about the faith. Yeah, you know, um, do you? How do you yourself, as one who's already, you know, who's maybe very well learned and very well studied, and so, how do you continue to feed your own growth uh, in, in the faith? Because obviously, you know, our faith—I describe it as—it's a treasure chest. It's a, just a, a bottomless, you know, uh, treasure chest uh, for us all. But you know, some uh, maybe more advanced than others in the knowledge of the faith. How do you continue to feed your own knowledge and your own growth, Deacon? Yeah, that I mean the motivation I suppose. God I mean God is in his great mercy. He gives us what it is that we need if we'll if we'll pay attention to it. And and I will say that I I mean while I am not to undermine the, the you know the gifts that God has given me, he also points out to me and lets me see very clo- clearly my shortcomings. Yeah. And my in a, in the and these are always very much in front of me and recognizing that I will never, you know, in, on my own be adequate. That and that we know that uh, you know that grace, His grace, right, works with nature. Mm-hmm. It does three things to fallen nature: it heals, elevates, and perfects fallen nature. But and His grace is infinite. But you know, I I don't do math well in public. But it's one thing I do remember is that zero times you know infinity is still zero. If we don't bring forth our efforts, you know, there's nothing there for grace to heal you know, elevate or, or perfect. And so this recognition that he's always calling me to, to go deeper, to be able, uh, that I can only give, I can only share that what I have and that I have to cooperate with his grace in, in order for that to, uh, to come forth. And so I think that this recognition and, and alongside those things, all of the reparations of uh, 30 years of completely obliviousness to the yeah. spiritual life, uh, um, it requires, if you will. Yeah. Oh, wow. That that's beautiful. Again, folks, if uh, you're you're tuning in, uh, this is Sean Rice. You're listening to In His Vineyard. I'm joined by Deacon uh, David Delaney. Uh, you know, he's going to be telling us uh, more about. Uh, mother of the Americas Institute. He's sharing with us a, a little bit uh, about his own personal background. Uh, but, you know, first, before we go to this quick break, um, you know, that's, that's going to be coming up. You know, Deacon, could you tell us what is Mother of the Americas Institute? Right. Mother of the Americas Institute is a think tank for the new evangelization. And so I suppose we could, uh, which question do you want me to answer first? What a think tank is or, or why Mother of the Americas? Why Mother of the Americas? Right. Mother of the Americas. This is a name that was given really to Our Lady of Guadalupe back in the 19th century. Um, and she, she is not just mother of, and sometimes in the United States we use the term America. Yeah. And we think of that as, you know, the United States, but right, all of the Americas, the entire you know Western Hemisphere. Right, she is the mother of, and and Our Lady of Guadalupe especially because she hurt the event, especially at this threshold moment in Western right Christianity, where there, there was this great divorce. Um, she overcame what was a great resistance for to uh, the message of the gospel in this hemisphere. The event that uh, that transpired when she right came to this you know humble um, Native American mm-hmm. who had just recently become Catholic mm-hmm. and was well relatively recently become Catholic who 
in his humility, was able to bring her message forth and transform the world, and especially the way that she did so in terms of the tilma and her image on the tilma, yeah. which we all know about the tilma itself, I suppose, but one of the, you know, of all the symbolism, the Aztec symbolism that brought across the message of good news, we see there are a lot of flowers, but there's one particular flower the jasmine flower. It's a four-petaled flower, and it's right over her womb. And we know that in that, where her ribbon is you know, being worn, that she's pregnant. And so this acts, almost this jasmine flower, it's the only one on her tilma. It acts like a little monstrance, magnifying ah. to the entirety of the Aztec people and the entirety of the, the Western Hemisphere, the message of and this is what the jasmine flower meant in Aztec culture was the symbol for the unknown true God. Wow. That, that's a lot. It is. And we want, we're asking her intercession for another miraculous event, something like that here, not just in the United States, in this Western Hemisphere, but also, you know, throughout the world. Amen. Uh, now, if, if you could uh, talk to us about the think tank. What what is actually is is the think tank, and what is a Catholic think tank? Exactly. There there are not. There are some that might you know along the lines of think tanks, but think tanks generally are institutions that really are bringing theoretical into the practical. Generally, we have economic think tanks, political think tanks, mm-hmm. security think tanks, and usually their benefactors or their uh, constituents that are supporting them really have these particular issues, unmet needs, issues that they they ask the think tank to help them to resolve. And the think tank draws from the academy, right? What's you know being done in the academy, best practices, and and helps to understand exactly what the problem is and the best strategies. Or maybe it's already being addressed in some areas, but best strategies and helps them to implement strategies to be able to overcome these unmet needs, these challenges that are, you know, that are facing their particular industry or the particular company or whatever, or, or a, a government institution, whatever the particular think tank. And so this is really the new evangelization. The new evangelization is a new issue in one sense in that it's, it's new, but it's not new. It's everything that we've always done, but we've come to a point in time which we no longer can use the same points of contact as we once did. Initially, we presented Jesus Christ as the message to the problem of sin, this separation of God from humanity, which even the pagans understood, not exactly in the Christian way, but that was a point of reference. Truth for a number of years was the point of reference that we could use. Those points of reference have fallen away. And so what we've normally done is not as effective as for as many people. And so we have to look at what are the what are the things that are still points of reference? What are common points of reference that we can use? Mm-hmm. And how do we use those in order to be, continue to present or proclaim the faith in a more effective mm-hmm. way? Go ahead. I was going to say it's um, as you're saying all this, it, it kind of you know it, it brings to mind one of these you know old cliche sayings. You know, different strokes for different folks, right? Mm-hmm. You can't take you know what may you know maybe one way and apply to as a as a one broad brush stroke uh, across everyone. You have to use um, you know you have to look at different ways to again still. Get the message out there to evangelize, but to think of different ways to help get that message across. Would you say that? 
Exactly, exactly. There are things that are similar and there are things that are different. And we need it to every human being. And we need to take those into account. Amen. Uh, well, that music means that we're going to go to another break. But do not change that station. We'll be back with more with Dr. Deacon David Delaney. Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? Daddy, Christmas scripture. That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. That's right. (laughs) They love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. Retrovi is a highly successful Christian peer ministry that helps couples heal and renew their marriages. Regardless of the problems you face, Retrovi can help. Since 1977, tens of thousands of couples in hopelessly cold relationships have restored their love by attending this program. For more information, go to helpourmarriage.com or call 800-470-2230. When you donate a car to the Guadalupe Radio Network, you're not only supporting your local Catholic radio station, you're also getting a great tax deduction. So if you have a vehicle that you don't want anymore, consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Guadalupe Radio Network by calling 1-866-628-CARS or go to grnonline.com and click on Donate. From the folks at the GRN, thank you, and may God abundantly bless you. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. And welcome back, listeners, to your live and local program in his vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program. Uh, joined today with Dr. Deacon David Delaney. Uh, man, what a wonderful conversation we're having uh, regarding Mother of the Americas Institute. And before the break, we were talking about how, as a think tank, Mother of the Americas Institute, you know, uh, they're looking at different ways, uh, really, uh, and processes and such to, to really continue that, that new evangelization that we can't use the, the broad stroke uh, as you do uh, with the brush sometimes uh, to continue some of these same things uh, to, to get the message of truth and the message of Jesus and uh, his church to everybody in the same ways that maybe we've done uh, in years past. Uh, but let's continue with that thought, uh, you know, Deacon Delaney. Uh, maybe uh, if I can ask you, uh, what is it that your apostolate is doing uh, and differentiates it from other apostolates? That's a very good question. It's a very important question. One of the things that I think that we are doing differently is alongside of what everybody else is doing, what we wish to do is help others to understand what it really means to evangelize in in, in the way that God has created us. You, I had mentioned previously that I was 
influenced very much by St. John Paul II's uh, approach to uh, the human person. And th- this is pr- perhaps, I consider myself a generalist in terms of my theological um, interest, but but what I do focus on is from the, the human person, the perspective of the human person. One of the things that I don't think we are doing well is understanding or starting really from an adequate anthropology, as St. John Paul II would call it, beginning really with understanding what it means to be human. What we have, we're drawing a lot of, and a lot of the apostolates are doing a very good job of taking the, the lessons learned, the best practices from, from the world, from different places within industry. But one of the things we don't step back and think about, I think, too often is what, is, what are these practices drawn from? And, and really, what are they intended to do? Generally, the, what the world mistakes is really the meaning of the human person. It's really the problem St. John Paul II showed us of our time, is that we have lost sight of what it really means to be human. And so in the United States especially, but in the West in general, what we do in turn, we turn things into problems and processes to fix those problems we look at things primarily and almost exclusively in terms of outcomes that we wish to have. Now, that's not bad in and of itself, but if we lose sight of the fact that every single one of us is created, when we're created at our conception, we are a single-celled human being with almost pure potential for fulfilling the poten- you know, what God has put in within us. We don't ask the question, well, what are those potentials that are to be fulfilled and how are they best to be brought out? What the world generally does is it looks at things in industrial processes approach and applies that to everything else. And, and it really looks at, if you will, metaphorically, we could see human beings as just raw material or raw things to be manipulated as we wish. We could see it as perhaps just putting ourselves into these metaphorical uh, meat grinders and trying to extrude the result into these different shapes that we wish to have. Mm-hmm. That's not. That's looking at it from the perspective, really, of our Western mentality, right. of forcing things to be the way we want them to be, rather than starting with what God has created, and bringing that to its natural fulfillment and supernatural fulfillment through grace. We, if we look at what we're doing and revisioning it, continuing to look at the outcomes that we wish, but looking at it from the perspective of how God has created us, and how those out- outcomes are best reached. I think though that is what I think we are bringing, which is distinct from and a contribution, a contribution to what is currently being done. Because of that, we recognize that human beings fulfill themselves in different ways, that we can't be forced. We can't, mm-hmm. we're made for relationships and relationships are not efficient. They take time, they take investment, they take pouring ourselves out. We're, we, while we can do things in ways, some things in ways that are very efficient, we have to recognize that that is not what evangelization is. Evangelization can use technology, but technology can't replace what Jesus Christ did. He became human, right? He took upon himself human flesh, and he poured himself out in his humanity to his disciples and to all those that were in, in a very inefficient way. The cross was very inefficient. But it is really what it means to be human in this fallen world. And we have to recognize that while we can do some things in efficient ways and reach a lot of people in some ways, we can never replace bringing Jesus Christ personally present to others. We need to develop strategies that can take what it is we're doing as 
reaching out and making contact, but now how do we bring it to its fullness, its, con- its conclusion? That's where the fruit is ultimately going to be seen. And we're not seeing a lot of fruit because I think we're missing that human aspect of it. Wow. You know, uh, as, you, as you talk about that, as you talk about, um, you know, the being made for, you know, being made for relationships and, and ma- being made for communion, really, yes, right? You know, and exactly. that's, I really want to talk more, more about that. Um, you know, when, you, when someone goes to, let's say, your website, what are some of these resources that, that people can find, uh, you know, there on your website? Because uh, y'all are involved in quite a bit of things uh, at Mother of the Americas Institute, right? Can you touch on some of those things that, that you're doing also? Sure, yes. One of those things that we, one of the things you can see on our website, we have a tutorial, a set of tutorials that really help to see that, and I saw an article not too, uh, too long ago that made this point, that we oftentimes approach things programmatically as programs are going to fix things. And it really is, I mean, there's advantages to that, but that's not going to bring about the kind of fruit that we're looking for. It's only going to come about when we start helping Catholics understand and be transformed, really transformed in Christ. The, this, therefore, the new evangelization, one of the things I recommend, don't ever have an office for new evangelization. That turns it into a program. What we really need to do, and that's me talking, right? And I have an apostolate <laughs> that says that. There is a little bit of, I suppose, dichotomy there. But... But anyway, the, the point is, is that we really have to look at what it is we're doing, how we can do it in a more human way, a more fulfilling way, a way that more conforms to what this particular thing is intended to do, intended to be. And so you can see how the new evangelization touches thing, topics like culture. Looks, go ahead. Well... You know, we are going to continue the conversation. Uh, that music means that we are going to take just a quick break. But again, don't change the station. More to come with Dr. Deacon David Delaney. We'll be right back. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a patron saint? The classic professions such as soldiers or doctors have patron saints who represent the ideal of soldiering or doctoring. And yet, so many of the trades and crafts on which the modern world depends do not have an ideal figure. There is no patron saint of plumbers, for instance, and G.K. Chesterton says there should be. It would be a revolution, for it would inspire each individual plumber to consider that there was once a perfect being who actually did plumb. In the meantime, what do plumbers and the rest of us do? Chesterton says, keep before your eyes the supreme adventure of virtue. If you're kind, think of the man who was kinder than you. 
That's what is meant by having a patron saint. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Beginning Tuesday, March 21st through Friday, March 24th, we'll be making our appeal for your financial support during our Spring share Pledge Drive. I want to humbly ask that you'd please prayerfully consider making a financial gift at that time to the Guadalupe Radio Network to ensure we continue keeping our airwaves Catholic across South and Central Texas. Your generosity is more than appreciated, and we thank you for your support. May God continue to abundantly bless you. And welcome back, listeners, to In His Vineyard, your live and local program. Going to continue the conversation with Dr. Deacon David Delaney of Mother of the Americans Institute. Uh, I'm sure if you're if you're listening there, just like me listening to, to Deacon Delaney now, I'm just, just so amazed as, as to some of the uh, things that he's telling me and some of the resources that are available. Again, uh, this Mother of the Americas Institute is available to all of us. Uh, you can learn more about them by going to their website at mainstitute.org. That's mainstitute.org. That's, uh, again, Mother of the Americas Institute. So, Again, we got, I still want to cover quite a bit more uh, in, in the remaining time that we've got, Deacon. Uh, if you could tell us, you know, I had the pleasure of, uh, you know, being invited to, uh, to, to your screening of Made for Communion. Uh, can you tell our listeners what is this Made for Communion? Uh, what is this screening on this new video series? Um, tell us exactly what the, what the goal of the video series is, uh, what is it there, uh, you know, for us to, you know, to learn from, uh, and, and let's talk about that now. Sure. Yeah, Made for Communion is an approach to presenting the Catholic faith from, we had talked about previously, this, you know, this point of commonality that is still available. We have to look for those. One of those clearly is relationships. Most people, even if they don't realize, it can be brought to sh- be shown very quickly how relationships is one of those things that is most fundamental to what it means to be human, fundamental to our fulfillment, to our happiness. And so relationships really is, in a very real way, what the Catholic faith is about. We're made in the image of relationships, the origin of relationships, the Trinity, Mm -hmm. three persons, and this radical unity of one nature. We're made in that image, and we're made for relationships with God and with one another. We do... In the West, one of the things we've done very well is looked at the world in a way by looking at it in pieces and parts. And and we study it that way, but we make the mistake of thinking that the world is just pieces and parts, and it's really not. We need to, we present the faith, I think, in that same way too often. We, t- we talk about, right, sacraments and the moral life and, right, things like the, the mass and, the, you know, the uh, Trinity and all of these different topics. But oftentimes, the average Catholic doesn't understand how they fit together. And because mm-hmm. we don't understand how they all fit together, we don't really have a sense of the practical implication of all of these different truths. Some we do, some we may not. Ultimately, that keeps us from being able to both be adequately transformed by it, but also being able to share it with the world. So Made for Communion really takes the entirety of the Catholic faith from the perspective of relationships that show how it all fits together. And because we know how it all fits together in terms of relationships, it now becomes very apparent how we are to apply this, how we are to live this out 
in a very practical way. And so it's a nine-part video series. There's a couple or a, um, uh, a study guide mm-hmm. that we've developed for it as well that, uh, that is really intended first for the average Catholic to help them to understand their faith much more deeply, mm-hmm. how it fits together, and really now what it means because they do understand this, how it, it means that each of these elements of the faith that are taught what it means for living life, how we ought to live our life differently because of it. Wow. You know, I, I think I told you prior to you, you coming on today uh, in a phone conversation that we have, and I, I'd, I'd like to share just a piece of that, you know, with our listeners today. Uh, after viewing, you know, the, the screening of uh, Made for Communion, um, again, I, I've been back uh, in, in full communion with the church for, you know, 20 years now, Praise right? God. Yes, amen. Uh, and I got to tell you, you know, our journey of faith is one that, you know, we, we, if, if you really want to learn, I mean, you, you gotta feed yourself daily, right? Um, and learning about the sacraments, learning about, uh, you know, who God is and such. I think I had the most profound understanding of the Trinity after watching your, your screening. I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, the, the diagram and, you know, uh, that, that you showed, uh, and it's like you're talking about here, you know, um, when you're talking about human relationships, you know, God came down, he lowered himself, became, becomes a human. Uh, but again, that constant exchange in the Trinity, you know, in the Trinity where this, it, this exchange of self, right? And it's an outpouring and emptying yourself of to be filled up with, it's just beautiful, you know? So uh, when is this going to be available to the, to the public? Yeah. Well, we're hoping to complete really our, um, our um, presentation or the way the distribution plan that we are going to, uh, to use for it. There are a lot of different options and we're looking to try to find the most effective option. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the program is finished in terms of the video series and is post-production. Uh, and that's what led to our uh, to our screening. We still have to put our final touches on the uh, the um, study guide, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the distribution approach, uh, which we are we 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 have a study group uh, that is uh, that's forming to uh, to uh, to help us with that. The short answer is that I don't have a definite date, mm-hmm. but our plan is late spring or early summer that it will be uh, it will be fully available. You know, if I can ask you, uh, a lot of times, you know, you use the term formation. How does that differ from preparation? Right. Preparation is a term, especially when it comes to marriage or, or other or sacraments, that focuses on the idea of providing information mm-hmm. and the understanding. Well, this is the first step, really, of being transformed. But transformation presupposes the first step right, it, of understanding what it is, who God is, who we are, and what we need to do about that. The harder part for most of us, we can see the truth, right? I can see that I need to get more exercise, making myself do it, transforming myself to be able to live out that which I see as being the truth and, and that which I should follow takes a lot more effort and it takes help in order to overcome the things. What we've been doing, I think, in marriage for, um, preparation and, and all things, I think, in, um, in formation for the DAC and in formation for the, uh, the priesthood, we have not yet, I think, addressed sufficiently the circumstances of the society in which we live and what we really need to be doing more to make our, our information more transformative, more effective, more fruitful. 
And so the formation that we are proposing here in marriage, well, with Made for Communion, with all things, is much more about transforming, being transformed into mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ, being transformed, being full fulfilled, becoming fully who it is we're called to be. Oh, yeah. Now, I understand that you're also trying to expand your apostolate, Deacon. Uh, you know, can you talk about that? Sure, yes. We have reached a point now when, uh, with a number of different programs that we have been developing that we are ready to start growing. We've been very, the, the initial stages have in developing programs and testing them out. We have a marriage formation program called uh, The Great Mystery. We've actually put a about almost 60 couples through that right now. It's taken quite a bit of our effort. Mm -hmm. We are now ready to move towards growing by um, showing what the apostle that can actually do. Our next step that we're undergoing right now is we are hiring, we're looking to hire a, uh, an associate director who can help to take uh, um, what we're doing and present the faith or present our, our apostolate in such a way that we can start attracting more um, benefactors. Sure. Developing, using what it is that we've developed as far as developing funding sources and being able to increase the number of people. Right now, everything that's being done with the apostolate is all being done in volunteer labor. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't get very far on volunteer labor these right. days. And so we have to be able to start having full-time employees. And so this is our next step, to be able to have some full-time employees. And our very first one will be the associate director. Amen. Well, look, it's been uh, quite a joy having you on, Deacon. Again, um, we're going to have to bring you back. <laughs> All yeah. right. We are certainly going to have to uh, bring you back uh, to learn more about uh, Mother of the Americas Institute. Please visit their website at at mainstitute.org. Uh, and I believe uh, The Great Mystery, as you were talking about, is available on, on Amazon Books uh, also, right? It is. Excellent, excellent. Uh, but before the music cuts us off, Deacon, would you leave us with your blessing? Sure. May the Lord guard you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be most generous to you. And I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Deacon Delaney, thank you so very much for your time today. We look forward to, to seeing you back, okay? Thank you. And again, listeners, thank you so much for spending the time with us today uh, for your live and local program. Uh, be sure to catch us next Monday, same station, same GRN local station that you're tuning into right now at noon. Uh, and next week, uh, we're going to be joined by the Salesian Sisters uh, and also Dan Seventy of Sanctus Ranch. Don't, um, well, I was going to say don't change the station. But again, please tune in next week uh, where you can hear more from your live and local program. God bless all of you. And be sure to register for the Fishers of Men event. Go to grnonline.com. Hi, Julie Carrick here, host of We Sing Our Faith, sharing the music and ministry of many of today's Catholic recording artists. I am delighted to be the host of this weekly program on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central Time. Julie Carrick with We Sing Our Faith, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central, here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Mother Teresa said, let no one come to you without leaving better or happier. This is how we try to live our personal and professional lives. We're Rob and Camille DeMaio, proud sponsors of Guadalupe Radio here in San Antonio. Our team of realtors can help you through every step of buying or selling a home. 
For more information, call us at 210-488-1144 for real estate help in San Antonio and throughout the United States. Rob and Camille DeMaio, your real estate team. 210-488-1144. Hi folks, this is Sean, your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network here in South and Central Texas. And I'm inviting the ladies and the men out there tuning in right now to register and reserve your table or seat for this year's Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner taking place on Thursday, April 13th at the Banquet Hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. Monsignor Charles Pope, pastor at Holy Comforter St. Cyprian Catholic Church in Washington, D.C. and longtime Catholic media contributor will be our keynote speaker and is sure to inspire. The Daughters of Mary, Help of Christians, also known affectionately as the Salesian Sisters, will be recognized as this year's Fishers of Men honorees for their shining example in living out the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Join us for a faith-filled evening celebrating Catholic Radio in South and Central Texas and our special guests. Go to grnonline.com and click on local events to register. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floresville, San Antonio. On the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.